0: Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 185. Woo! Six. Yes. Woo! Five.
1: five. Five.
0: Oh, why did you Woo. make a face when I said five, then?
1: Who made a face? You did. No, I was, I was, I was responding. It was, an alternate, it was an alternate to wooing. Oh.
2: This is how Ames expresses joy. Silent so. reactions are great on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought
0: she was telling me I'd said the wrong number.
2: One eighty (laughs) five
0: (laughs) bitches. Better
3: see, she's happy.
0: This week we will be looking at the Sword of Calus and Our Man Bashir. Oh, but before, I almost launched into our uh, summary, and that would have been dumb, because see, I'm Chris, and joining me this week are...
4: Ames.
3: Caitlin. Jake. And Liz. Yep, I knew it. I knew Liz would be back. (laughs) You can't escape me, especially now when Bashir and Garrick are here.
0: (laughs) But before we get to that, we have Indiana Jones, but with Klingons, kind of. Basically. Sort Mm. of.
2: It belongs in a museum. Dr. Joe, sit down. Yes. <laughs> Top men.
0: So We named
1: the, we named the dog Kaelas.
0: So Core is on Deep Space Nine getting shit-faced and telling stories. And Dax is all, Worf, you should come say hi. And Worf is all, yeah, but he's like wicked famous and cool and I'm dishonored. And, you know, and she's like, oh, come over here. And Core is all, oh, yes, the dishonored one. Any enemy of Gowron's a friend of mine, just fucking with ya! Hey, you wanna come look for the mythical sword of Kaelas with me? And Warf is like, oh my god, I have a double. And, uh, off they go! After confirming that this Shroud of Turin, but not really, is old enough and has enough metal on it that, yeah, it might be real. And, uh, Sisko gives them a runabout, cause he's like, Hmm, if a Federation officer finds the sword of Kaelas, that could be some brownie points, or blood wine points, or whatever. Hmm. So they go off to get it, and Kor found out about this, because apparently, at some point, they made him the ambassador to Vulcan. God. And I
1: missed v- this entire Yeah,
0: he was the Klingon ambassador to Vulcan. Fair. And a Vulcan mining concern found, like, some old ruins on this planet in the Gamma Quadrant, and... They go there, and they break into an old, old museum. And at first, they're like, no, it has been ransacked. But then they're like, wait, there's a secret room. And oh, shit, it's the Sword of Calus. And they're like, yes. And they come out, and there's Belloc, by which I mean, um, Toral?
1: Tor- yeah, Toral.
0: Toral, son of Doros. What did who I was say? Belloc? He, he's the guy.
2: from Indiana Jones.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's cool. Lost Ark. There Thank is you. nothing. Thank
1: you for explaining, I didn't get
0: it. There is nothing you can possess, Dr. Jones, which I cannot take away. So yeah, it's that guy who was like the Duras son back in TNG, and we all assumed even though Worf said let him live, they tore him to shreds afterwards, but no! Here he is! Because apparently Kor got shitfaced in a bar one day and told everyone his plan. So Toral sent one of those zappy brain people from the absolutely abysmal distant voices...
1: Oh yeah, the Lethian mm. guy.
0: ...to zap yep. and read Kor's mind, so they just followed them. They get away, and as they, you know, they have to try to make their way back to the surface because of Klingon jamming signals... And uh, at this point, it turns from Indiana Jones to Lord of the Rings, and apparently the Sword of Calus (laughs) is the one ring.
1: Yes, I I said the same thing.
0: Because fucking Kor and Worf are, like, suddenly both Jones and Ford, and they are like, I'm gonna make myself head of the Empire. And they're constantly, like, at each other's throats. Worf tries to get Kor to jump onto a ledge that in no way would have supported his weight.
1: But the precious! Yeah,
0: seriously, I was waiting for an explanation as to why it did this, but we never got one.
1: I have an, I, I have one.
0: Thank you, I hope you would. Eventually, Jadzia gets sick of it, and like, literally I wrote in my notes, Oh my god, just stun them both. And she does! Like, two <laughs> minutes later, she stunned them both, and I was like, thank you! And they go back to the ship, and decide it's best if no one possess it now, and they beam it into space. Just fucking Good. wild. The end. So, Ames, why is the Sword of Kaelas the One Ring?
1: All right, so the writing staff just kind of wanted, they didn't want it to be a magical totem at all. They just wanted it to literally just be a fucking sword. Right. And that the only reason that everyone would get so fucking tangled up over it beca- is because, basically, Klingons really got wanted the power associated with the sword, even sure. though, like, they, so it's not the sword, it's the power right, that's right. making them all go fucking b- batshit. But then the writing staff was all surprised when they got all this reaction from the audience that they all believed that the sword must be magical. And they're like, but we never said that, and that's not what we wanted. And damn it! Well, because it's like... Stupid audience. It is
0: not in character for either of the Klingons. like
2: Especially for Worf.
0: (laughs) No, because, like, I could feel, if if his whole thing was just, I can restore my honor, but then he's like, I could lead the Empire. Like, I was, like, I didn't want a magical explanation, because that would have been stupid. But I was Hmm. waiting for Dax to go, like, oh, there's, like, a weird fungus on here that only affects (laughs) Klingons.
1: No, that'd be corny, though. Like, I kind of like that it's just a... corny? Yeah! No, I kind of like that it's a, they just get themselves too hyped up over... What would it mean if I were the one to bring this back? And Worf even tells this story about how he went back to, to Kronos. What was the yeah. story that I was only half paying attention during? His, so uh, like, I went back and I didn't fit in and it was the classic kind of mixed like... breed heritage person thing. And... Yeah, and then
0: he went to the like woods for three days without food or water and had a vision of Kalis and
1: Yeah, like I, I, I think... can see him getting on board this. If I bring back the Batleth, then... I'll actually have a place to fit in, which is something he's never had.
0: Well, and that that mm. would have been fine for me. It's the fact that he was like
2: I to could kill rule. for it, and it's like yeah, he goes homicidal. Yeah, over. it's
0: like I I yeah. I could picture Worf wanting to fit in. I could picture Worf, Worf went
1: homicidal first though,
0: and True. he deserved it. But like the idea that Worf would want to take over the like Worf does not want to be emperor. That no. And it's also the fact that it escalated so quickly, made it feel like it was artificial. So like I think they kind of if maybe the escalation was slower or something, but it just because it happened so fast and so dramatically, it was like,
1: what well, the keep fuck? in mind. keep in mind, you also have Kor here being very antagonistic saying, "Oh, you are not a true Klingon. You yeah. are more human than Klingon because you left Toral alive.
0: Yeah,. Brrr. Yeah, again, like, there's and, 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 a lot and just,
1: going on.
0: Like, I just think if they'd limited themselves to maybe just, I want my honor back, and Kor maybe being like, I just want to stick it to Gowron, it would have been fine. It just, it got a little too escalated for me to feel like, I still liked the episode, but I was waiting for there to be like, some kind of explanation as to why it got so big. Like, it really, I even wrote my notes, like, okay, so they're both, so one of them is Frodo, the other is, is Smeagol, so I guess that makes Dax Samwise.
1: Hey, I like. That. <laughs> oh, I should have mentioned earlier, directed by Lavar Burton.
0: Oh yes, I meant to do that when so, I did my intro. Yeah. So he
1: gets to play play around with Michael Doran again, and he that's does. sweet. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's nice. But again, overall, aside from the that escalated quickly, I did quite like the episode. I like, you know, it's at first at least it's Indiana Jones, but Klingons. It's nice to have Kor back. He's fun. Um, yeah,
3: I liked. I like how charming Kor
0: is. Yeah, he's great.
4: Very charismatic Klingon. It was nice
0: to have. uh <laughs> Worf interact with his people again, but with one mm-hmm. who is so like because Kor himself is, you know, he's a slightly odd Klingon.
1: Yeah, he's not quite the traditional Klingon.
2: No, I mean, he loves telling a but story. I, de- I mean, he is the original Klingon. That's yes. right? true. Yeah, <laughs> like, he is the first Klingon.
0: That and that thing is he's still sort of a TOS Klingon even now. Yeah, is what, and that's what makes him different. Well,
2: he's more, you know, I think we because we've talked about before how. Worf himself is kind of like Catholic. The, yeah, exactly. And and I feel like in the same sense Core is is the same way, but but he's more like Worf is that way because he read he you know, he did the book learning. Yeah. He read about it, but Core lived in an era when Klingons were Klingons and yeah. honor was everything. So he Rivers so it's no lava. surprise that he looks at people like Gawron and and being like ah, he's a politician. Ah. Yeah,
0: I mean, this is a guy who went as Worf even says he went toe to toe with Jim Kirk. Yeah, and that's you know that's a big deal.
2: Yeah, I wish I wish like the the story that he was telling in quarks at the beginning had been like, and then, and then the organians, uh, they did this bullshit and Kirk had to bow to be in.
1: Oh no. See,
2: the Problem is if you're in a room full of Starfleet officers,
0: it's easy for them to easier for you to call them on their bullshit. If their boy was involved. That's true. Well, no. I do
2: like also though, how like Jadzia Z is like, yeah. well, you know, when, when Koloth tells this story, it's a different thing.
1: Yeah. He's give- the one that did all the, all the awesome stuff.
0: But, to his credit, and I appreciated this, it's like, which one of us actually took down the main dude? I don't know. It was one of us. So we
4: all ate his heart. Like, Together. I feel like if they had a big back, heart,
0: if, if they'd all <laughs> still been alive, each one of them would have claimed it, but the fact that he's the one survivor, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna give that to all of us. Out of respect. That was kind of sweet. You yeah. know.
4: It made me miss Koloth, though.
1: Aw. Mm. Mm. The wrong Klingon um. survived.
0: I mean, they all are a valid choice.
1: What'd y'all think of Judd Zia this
0: episode? Well, I she
3: was fine. She, she was the, the only adult in the room.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, again, as as we were discussing last week, her uh, taking more control of her life very oh, actively yeah. at the end.
1: Yeah, I was so, so glad when she just fucking zapped the both of them. Yeah, that was that's funny. the only way to deal with this. It was.
0: Mm. And like I said, I literally, like, maybe two minutes before she did it, I was like... Ah, oh, Jadzia, just stun them both, and you'll get your sleep.
3: <laughs> I I do like when the Klingons show up, and Jadzia goes into like Klingon cultural mode. I yeah. like the kind of code switching that she does. Yeah, because like it does kind of work like that. Because I used like I used to work with international students, and they were coming from all over the world. And depending on who I was hanging out with, who I was interacting with, my I put myself in a different headspace. Yeah. And it sort of recognized, like you know, seeing you know when when she just like up and stuns them. I'm like, yeah, she wouldn't do that to Starfleet officers.
1: No, mm.
2: no,
3: but
1: maybe you know, Bashir, maybe early seasons Bashir. Yeah, early
3: seasons Bashir, absolutely, <laughs> definitely, and Quark. <he> <laughs> <Cork>. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And again, I think that's a good a good case again and then of
3: maybe like, she checked to make sure it was on stun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that was a, another good example of like you know her them using her past lives effectively because obviously all of that comes from Curzon. Yeah, yeah and Most I, of
2: what we see comes from Kurzon. Cur- yeah, well, Curzon was Lincoln basically China. Klingon, so yeah,
1: yeah. I have a I have a great great uh, note from Lavar Burton when he was working with her, and basically said like t- something oh, to the effect of, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna they turned her into what they called action Barbie, which sure, um, hmm. and they said, all right, all the all your instincts this episode are not going to be you thinking about shit; they're going to be all instinctual stuff. So the the quote is had to do with really rooting her performance way down in the belly and not in the head. And my thought was the belly is where the trill is. True.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Did they actually say the words "Action Barbie"? Yeah, apparently no, that's didn't.
3: a nickname that Levar came up with for yeah. her because wow, that's nice. Because like she, it was meant to be complimentary, and she she talks like she uh, she uh, uh, likes the nickname as a compliment, it's just, yeah, it would not fly today, for sure. I was gonna say, I, I don't like it.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I This is not where we were, but just, I forgot I think it's because he this. underestimated her, that's what it was. Well, I about mean, what, given to what they've been using Jedzia for, for the first three seasons. Exactly. Which, in
4: case anyone forgot, is boys!
0: Oh, um, boys, boys,
4: boys! So I was just looking at my notes, Lance.
0: and one thing I forgot about, which we can get away from this once I say it, but that fucking razor...
4: <laughs> no. oh yeah that
0: was just that was clear symbols all over again like it, apparently it that like was the same pencil razor sharpener prop from,
3: it was apparently the same one that that geordie uses in code of honor i think according to memory alpha well yeah. probably
2: I, in that so that guess it's, so maybe that's lavar burton it looked you know, like no a idea.
3: self-inking stamp
2: yeah oh yeah, yeah that's what it was
0: yeah but it's just like
3: no, it did look like a pencil sharpener to me yeah like,
0: again that's just a case where like guys honestly you could have we're kind of, I feel like, at a point where razors really have kind of hit their final form. They're probably going to look like that for a while.
2: I don't know. Gillette's going to find a way to add more blades. All right, but it's by, never going to be a By the, the 24th century, cube. there's going to be like 37 blades. A quantum it's be...
3: blade. Well, oh, no, quantum is already a thing, isn't it? One yeah. of the Here's oh, the I thing,
4: like though, it, actually. It. I could buy yeah. building something into a razor where it's basically... A transporter for your hairs, and it only latches on to hairs, (laughs) and you just go, and it takes it away. Like I, I also feel
2: though, like like nair and things like that, stuff that just prevents your hair from growing, would have.
1: Well, lasers. We have lasers now. Yeah,
2: but you could. But I'm sure. But you, there's probably a more temporary solution. Like I, you know,
3: epilating. Ow! I mean, honestly, I feel like like the most like. The, the next the, the, the next step to to elevate it to would be, like, a temporary genetic treatment that, you, that just, that hair does not
0: grow, and you can just reactivate those genes if you want a beard.
2: Yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. But,
0: I mean, if they want, like, honestly, it just would have been less distracting if they bought a normal electric razor, and, like, just painted it silver and put a Starfleet logo on it. Nah, mm. that would have been, that would have been dumb. It, 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 dumber than a blue fucking plastic cube that went... <laughs> Yeah, it didn't bother me nearly as much oh, as it seems to bother you so yeah, annoyed me because it's like it's one of those unnecessary future things
1: Well, no, like, I feel like if I feel like we'd be having the opposite conversation if he whipped out a, a razor and we'd say yeah. but wait why would they be using razors
4: why in are, the are they future? still using 21st century right. tech for that I are mean, you telling I, me they I, haven't again, figured out a way to turn those jeans off
0: yet I'm of the opinion that like yeah they would just because when Mott just used scissors at his barber shop it didn't bother me he's like yeah I mean scissors they're not know, getting any me. better
1: wasn't there an episode where someone used some kind of crazy device that changed their hair color in a second?
0: Yeah, that, that was one of Bob's things. Yeah. That that's fine, sure.
1: So that doesn't bother you. But it, but well, it does.
0: Because it just looked like a, a hair iron. It's like. Even if it was like a a razor, but like they zoomed in, so you can see it was a like laser beam, maybe. Also, I just don't
2: buy... It looks like he was trying
0: to do, like, precision trimming. And it's like, that thing is too clumsy for precision trimming.
1: For you, maybe. Not for Cisco.
2: This has been <laughs> grooming corner. Yeah, I didn't
0: expect it to go on this long. <laughs> yeah, Back this to the beginning episode. That, Honestly, the there's the not enough going on in it. this
2: episode. This episode was really good. It's a good Except episode. for that goddamn shaving scene.
0: Yes! It drove me nuts. I hated it. There um, was
4: definitely a lot that I liked about this episode. But I felt like... The middle was so repetitive.
3: Mm. Like at some
4: point I was really not interested. Like, okay, we get it. They're still lost in the caverns. They're still fighting. Great. Yeah, I feel like the
1: the limits that they kind of imposed on themselves by being in the caves yeah. all the fucking time really kind of drove them crazy because I know like it meant that they couldn't be working on anything else because there's also only the same three actors in the same in all of the shots. Yeah. yeah. So basically yeah, Liz... they had to like make it as un un as little work as possible because they could only
4: do so much shooting in these fucking caves. Liz said this it while we were kind of watching. really benefited
2: from a B plot, I think.
4: That's what I was just gonna say. Liz had said the same thing while we were watching it.
3: She was like, there needs to be a B plot. There's a the one time I was actually looking for a B plot. <laughs> Please God, anything something just a break from the from the Klingon nonsense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Who's,
0: it was a
1: little. Who's got a streak much. of darts this week?
2: Right.
0: Darts. Or just a big B plot of Eddington sabotaging everything. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: It's
4: just um, what he does in his spare time. But he just Somebody a corner space razor.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but I feel oh. like it. The equivalent of that would just be like. I don't even know what. Like it gives him a black eye. Like one of those inked eyes. Like, oh, look, look at my <laughs> cool kaleidoscope. You know, oh son grows, of a bitch it but it's a razor yeah, yeah
2: exactly you use it and you, just, you pull it back and there's just new hair having yeah, sprouted from your yeah. face <laughs> what the fuck
4: <laughs> heading 10 <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, that damn right, prankster so, so we have Tural yep who uh, I'm honestly surprised is still alive me too I forgot he was still alive, because yeah. I've seen this episode before, but I forgot it was him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I knew he was coming, just because I, when I read up, when we first met him in Redemption, and like and the, the, there was a note in Memory Alpha that was like, we're going to see him again in DS9 sometime. So I knew we were going to see him at some point. That's I'd funny. never have known it was him, because A, it's a different actor.
2: Yeah. And B, oh. they
1: do so fucking little with him. Like, at the very, mm. very end, when he's dead, and Jadzia grabs him, or when, when he's dying, and Jadzia grabs him and is like, get the fucking thing to let us go back on our shuttle. Oh, I yes. didn't even know it was him.
0: I am so sick of dealing with these two. Turn off your jamming signal.
2: Yeah. And then she murdered him. Yep. Yep. He's finally uh, gone. I just I like for one, how does the House of Duras still have money or power or whatever it is that gets people to si- you know, Has sign up with them?
4: Having his aunties been like they smuggling got shit. Up. Yeah, they're well, they dead got, by now.
2: They got blowed up.
4: Oh, yeah. Maybe he's he inherited. M-
2: maybe. I assume he's just a pirate or something. Ah, <laughs> Yeah.
1: That's why I he needs the, f- the, the Sword of Kaelas. He needs to get his power back.
0: Yeah, that's what he said. That, that was his goal, was to get his house reinstated. Yeah. So he's probably been running around being a disgraced, whatever, mercenary or something.
4: So, did anybody else think when Kor got brain-zapped that this was gonna be, like, his coma dream? Oh, yeah.
1: Is he turning 30?
4: <laughs> long balls. The clowns
2: yeah. have four?
0: I feel like we've had... This oh, yeah. Four
2: long balls?
4: Four long balls.
0: Uh, How does he get out
1: of his coma, though? He's He's gotta run well, around and destroy all of his enemies and, uh... Make a Gowron like him.
4: Well, so, like, when we were watching it, Liz kind of said something like, you know, is this his last hurrah? Does he?" And that made me think, like, maybe he wasn't going to make it out of the episode. Mm. Because Bashir almost died, right, during his time. Mm. So Kor's kind of older stories of, like, the good old days and this one last treasure hunt and such. It
3: definitely felt like it at first.
2: Mm-hmm. Missing from the end called? of this episode was, Legons. uh, Yeah. M- missing from the end of this episode was at the end, you know, they'd never had a scene back on DS9 where they go into Cisco's office and Cisco's like, Hey, did you find the sword? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we did. He's like, great. The Klingons are going to oh, love no. this. Oh, so where's the sword? <laughs> oh, we shot it into space.
0: Yeah. I assume <laughs> they told him they couldn't find it.
2: It's yeah. Fast, hopefully. endless
3: vacuum. <laughs> Statistically, yeah, impossible that thing's never to coming back.
0: Like no. I think. Well, when it's uh, destined to, it will. <laughs> I think it was uh, a a really uh interesting take on it, like the scene where you know Worf wants to treat it as a museum piece, but Kor's just like, It's a sword! Like it's an important yeah. sword, but it's still a sword. He used this to till fields and do this and do that, and I'm not just gonna let it gather dust.
1: And it was made of his own hair.
0: Yes. I did
3: yeah. like that conversation. I thought that was neat.
0: What? The sword was made of his hair? According to legend, he took a lock of his own hair and shoved it into some lava, and that's how he made the first batlet. Huh. That was brought up ages missed that. ago in TNG. Oh,
4: okay.
2: I was that's gonna say like, like an that no, like yeah, urban conversation legend that I'm type of deal, that, you know?
3: Is, is whether to put the batleth on you know on a pedestal or to yeah. put it to practical use like that mm. that I thought was a neat conversation because that's that's actually something that gets talked about a lot in you know like uh curation yeah especially depending on the culture that an uh, that an object and an artifact might come from cuz there are some things that especially i guess i'm thinking of the when the when the Smithsonian the Museum of the American Indian was created there were a lot of Cultural practices and that had to be considered, and a lot of museum practices that practices that had to be revisited because, like these were you know, a lot of a lot of these objects were considered depending on depending on the the nation or the tribe, they had they were considered living objects, and so like you couldn't like shut it up in in you know a little sealed box like that thing needed it's an ob you know this thing needs needs to breathe stuff like that so like it was it's was like a mini version of that that was like I- the five minutes I was actually interested in this episode.
1: Yeah, it harkens back to what I think I, I mentioned was the original plan for the episode Shakar, which was the, mm. what were they, reclamators or something that the yeah. people needed were yeah. going to be put in a museum or some shit instead of being used because they need to fucking till their fields.
0: Yeah. yeah, That actually, is still I, the I,
3: fucking
4: I, dumbest thing.
0: I, <laughs> I had assumed Lizzie would take a particular interest in the very little bit of museum discussion. The What were the aliens called? The Herc? The Herc. The Herc, yeah. apostrophe Q. Basically, they're the British. Yeah. Just <laughs> oh. Go places, mm. steal stuff, and put it in a museum.
3: Yeah.
4: Or they're whatever race of people that guy who collected data that time was.
0: Oh, yeah. That was for a personal collection. Oh. So. So that's mm.
4: slightly different. Yeah. You trying to tell me that you don't think some colonizers took their own special treasures back to their own house? Oh, they absolutely oh, no, they did. Totally that was did. the beginning of the mean,
0: museums. In this case, this was specifically a museum. True. What yeah. I mean. mm. Oh yeah, no, no. People totally took personal shit, isn't it?
3: But even but then, who are the museums for? Right. It's not for the. It's not for the source culture. No. Nah. Right.
2: Was the implication? Because the implication I got anyway was that the Herc were at were least not? for a time. Yeah. Colonized the Klingons.
3: That's what I. Th- I thought. I, th- I. I, I, I might have misheard. As th- at first, I thought the Herc were outcast Klingons or something like
2: that. Yeah, well, they said that the, the word Herc is Klingon for oh, outsider.
3: Right, okay. Yeah. No, the implication... So it sounds like
2: they were a species that invaded, conquered, and ruled the Klingons well, he said for a they, time. He said
0: they pillaged. I don't think they ever successfully took over.
2: No, I don't like, know. In a
0: wide, like, they may have taken over areas, but I don't think they ever like really, truly got their like mitts in in a big way. Hmm. Mm. Also, it's evidence that there's been at least some Gamma Alpha Quadrant contact going back quite a ways. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? Well, oh, so yeah. the
2: Herc were like a super powerful species. I mean, for all we know, the Herc were like the changelings, you know? Really? That's
4: yeah. a good point. It
1: could be. Something that kept getting me distracted was the fact that so we're looking for Kalos' sword because it's going to unite the Klingons and it's going to make everybody happy again. But we have Clone Kaelas lying around, and he was supposed to unite the Klingons and make everybody happy again. This seems like a bad plan!
0: Well, see, this, unlike Clone Kaelas, is the genuine article. Hmm.
1: Yeah, but Cl- but Clone Kaelas actually has some semblance of, like, wisdom, and he's a person you can talk with.
0: Yeah, but I-, I like they- I- like, clearly there's at least some Klingons like, yeah, but he's a clone. So, do oh, so some... they
1: know he's a clone? When did that get yeah. leaked?
0: Oh, I don't know. Core seemed to know about it, though.
1: Yeah, that's weird. They're, that was supposed to be a giant
3: secret. Yeah,
0: it, I'm it, sure it, it, it wouldn't it stand up to too out.
2: much scrutiny.
0: Yeah, it, it, that got out. Whoops. Yeah.
3: Probably Galaron's fault. Fucking
0: Gowron. yeah. Probably did it
4: on purpose. Well, yeah, definitely, because that would take some of the power away from him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He um, probably I... tweeted about it.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is pretty weak, though. the The idea that an object, however revered an artifact it is, like, how is that gonna unite them? Like, what, like, okay, we got it, now what? What okay. What would the idea, be the big idea be behind it? Aside from what, what we're seeing, which is, you Have know, you met
0: Americans? <sighs> yeah. Why? And- what would
1: the big thing that we need to go find and
0: I don't know George Washington's wooden teeth. I got nothing. Whatever Nicholas Cage was looking healing. for. Yeah, like, he, I mean, people, uh, people so easily rally around the stupidest symbol in this country, and it sounds like the Klingons do too. Only yeah, worse. but it's not going to
3: unite them. There's no yeah, reason exactly. to believe that it That's would unite the
2: thing. them. The symbol never unites; it always divides. It yeah. always like you know, in fiction anyway. If there's if there's an important item, it's going to cause conflict. Yeah, Think it's Indiana it's, Jones, right?
3: It's always about, because an object itself is passive. What's ascribed to it, you know, it has power, but then then you have to go into who's ascribing that meaning to it. Mm. So, like, the closest I can think of to something that, you know, someone might try to argue was a unifying symbol was, like, Mussolini when he kept reviving all, all of, like, the the Roman Republic and Roman Empire shit and all these artifacts and he built monuments and stuff. As a as a unifying thing, but it was propaganda, and it was very one sided as far as messages were concerned because he controlled the voice. Yeah. So like, there's there's no reason to believe it. like once you have the thing you just put it in the middle and suddenly everybody's united. It's a matter of let's get the thing, but who's who wants to get the thing and okay, who gets what they, control?
1: What they needed to do was pull a who's the fucking guy that cuts the cuts the baby in half and everybody's happy. Solomon. Yeah, pull a King Solomon. Solomon, cut the bat left in half. Give one to Core.
3: Was it Solomon or David? Solomon. Solomon. Oh, okay, okay yeah, good.
1: Give, give another, give another one to to, to Worf. Maybe, maybe uh, son of Durus there can keep the hilt that it was standing on, and
0: I mean, I everyone guess wins. Perfect. It would be almost as if, like, you could actually somehow provably, unequivocally have the Holy Grail or the Lance of Longinus, like. That, at the very least, you, again, I think people unite behind the owner, but, like, it has a big significance to a lot of people.
3: Yeah, no, but I, I don't think there's any doubt that these things have significance, but it has no power unto itself to be a unifying force. It just becomes the focus of political maneuvering.
0: Yeah, but that's what I that's was saying. Like, I think if you owned it, you could get enough people behind you to give yourself power.
3: Yeah, okay, fair enough.
4: I mean, plus, I feel like they they talked a lot about, sorry, Liz, were you?
3: No, go ahead.
4: I felt like they talked a lot about, like, the importance of destiny and stuff, and maybe the Klingons would put a lot of, like, stock into, oh, well, this person found this great lost treasure, so obviously they have a greater destiny to rule things or something. I don't know. Klingons are weird. well, and that's the thing too, because like it depends. Like you talk about Worf as being like the cat, the Catholic Klingon. Like, you're not supposed to worship far, farsh false <laughs> idols and shit. But you know, if a Catholic leader came up with, like you said, like the Lance of Longinus or whatever, they're probably the those who prepuce. would rally behind that. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe the same with Klingons. The really hardcore OG ones who still do their services in the original Klingon or whatever. Might be really into it in
0: the original Klingon e. Excuse me, Klingon e. That's the only thing. Klingon e. Klingon e. Klingon. No, no. In one episode, it was Klingon e. There wasn't even an s. Well, it's like you know, Middle English. Yeah, there was Klingon e, and then there's Klingon.
4: Fine, it happens. Yeah, Yeah, living breathing
3: languages—they change. Yeah. Also, I totally caught that prepuse comment, Jake. Just, just for the record. Yeah,
0: I did too, and I grimaced and hoped we could pretend it hadn't (laughs) happened. What did he say? The holy foreskin. Let's move on. It's a real artifact, I know. supposedly.
1: No, there's too much of it, though, because so much of it <laughs> too- is fake that if it were real, there would be about ten feet of foreskin. Dude, Jesus <laughs> yeah. had a
4: huge schlong,
0: famously. Of, well, well, we welcome had... to Relic Culture. So we've got we've got the Klingon Holy Grail, the Klingon Shroud of Turin.
4: So who has the foreskin?
2: Yeah, who has Kalus's foreskin? <laughs> Foreskins. Klingons have two. don't circumcise.
3: Eight skins. <laughs> Oh. I bet
4: Klingons would circumcise.
0: angels and ministers. Of and Christ they would experience. certainly
2: use a bat left to do it.
4: Oh fuck!
2: Oh man, a Klingon moil would be the scariest <laughs> fucking <God>. thing.
4: <laughs> the dude shows up in like an executioner's hood.
0: <laughs> oh god! So, Core is wonderfully theatrical, especially at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I liked that he referred to the wormhole as the eye of destiny.
1: Yeah.
0: The and brown that eye of destiny. Because it, <laughs> it was probably his first time seeing it open. And uh, I just, that whole scene was, you know, he's like, wait, wait. And he had to like declare the start of the quest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'd love no, to hear a Klingon wonderful. like explain their trip to the grocery store, because it would be like <laughs> a whole a whole action adventure. Oh
0: yeah. It was uphill both ways. I
1: defeated the, the tomatoes.
0: There was battle. only one acceptable cantaloupe left, and I was not the only one who wanted
4: it. Who's gonna say something about ripe melons? That's
3: perfect. Guys, I think I'm Klingon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My enemy walked down the aisle the wrong (laughs) direction and was not wearing a mask.
3: Oh my god,
4: I
0: keep seeing that. And I get so
4: cross. I actually yelled at someone. Was it last week? No, you were there. I was? Yeah, it was a couple weekends ago. I was like, not supposed to go down the the aisle that way. That How'd how'd that go? She ignored me. Yeah.
3: But at least I said something. I'm just, I'm just happy to be when I'm, when I'm in the building where masks are required because no one is wearing masks on, uh, like, in my neighborhood outside. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I
1: got, I, I've been, ta- I've been tracking how far into the quarantine we are by how many people in the woods are wearing masks, and yesterday it was only me.
4: Well, Yay. I read something today that said there's, like, eight covid cl- uh clusters that are emerging in massachusetts now so like i hate people
3: great news awesome
0: all right are we yeah. done with this episode because we're talking about covid
3: That's i'm true. ready to move on
4: yeah i'm ready what? like i said there's really nothing else
3: that happens it's pretty cut and dry oh, oh. i do have a note that says mm, incomplete hedgehog
4: what oh yeah the weird the, the like cave they rats
0: they were oh. eating oh, yeah. it looked like a malformed hedgehog
3: it there was delicious. one
0: little detail that gave me a giggle. It's not important or anything, it was just there, but, like, when they run out of the... When Jedzia Kor and Worf are running from toral and his men, and they knock over the, like, little thing that's keeping the force field down, instead of just kick it over, which would have been easier, Worf actually bends down and actively cuts it down with his mech... Mechlef, mech, His little dagger thing.
2: Hmm. It's like I want to know how f- the fuck they got out of there. They
0: probably blew up a wall. <laughs> like, they didn't care about preserving the integrity of anything, so they probably just exploded their way out. But yeah, it was just funny. It was like stopping, bending over, and cutting it down when he could have just gone like, hick.
2: Mm. Gotta be sure.
0: Yep. All right, well then, if we are ready... Yes. Can us- anyone ever
4: truly be ready for our man Bashir? <clears throat>
0: yes. My body is so ready. So, in Our Man Bashir, Our Man Bashir is in the holodeck playing a sort of a James Bond parody program when Garrick shows up to be all like, Ha I'm gonna watch you play this and laugh! And Bashir's like, uh... Meanwhile, the old rule of never go to a conference rears its ugly head again as most of the rest of the command staff is coming back from a conference And it turns out their shuttlecraft has been sabotaged by allegedly not Eddington. Oh, (laughs) I was going to say Eddington. Damn it. (laughs)
2: Definitely Eddington. I mean, he was in this episode. He was. (laughs) uh, No, no,
4: guys, he gave us his word. He's, He's good now.
0: Right as they're about to land, everything goes wrong with the ship, and the warp core ejection system has been straight up removed and all this other stuff. So, they start to beam aboard, but then an explosion happens, and it fucks up the transporter, and there's smoke, and everyone's like, uh-oh. But they're like, wait, we still have their patterns, but Jesus Christ, their patterns are enormous! So, instead of immediately just saying, quick, someone turn on the Defiant, and apparently DS9 only has one transporter pad, they have to, like, move a bunch of data around and aside delete things to save everyone's patterns. And the computer decides the best place to stick their physical forms is in the holo suites. So in Bashir's game, most of the NPCs, well not most, but a lot of the NPCs become like Worf and O'Brien and everyone else. And Avery Brooks is the evil Dr. Noah who wants to flood the earth. Get it? And restart oh, humanity. I, do get it.
4: I didn't.
1: I didn't even realize that his name was I, Dr. No. From... I thought it was a Dr. No reference.
0: I mean, it's probably both. I think yeah, it was both? It, definitely both. But uh, yeah, he's he, so Julian and Garrick have to play out this scenario. But whereas Bond has a license to kill, they can't kill anyone because it might kill them in real life. Oh, it probably will. Yeah. And then, so while their physical forms are in the Suite, their neurological data is just scattered everywhere. So they have to recompile their neurological data. And then, the problem is the Suite's based on Ferengi tech, or Cardassian tech, and Rom's rejiggering. Because Quark Fatula. is too, yes, too cheap to mm-hmm. buy replacement parts. So they've got to get away for his stuff to talk to the Defiant, and blah, blah, blah. So... You know, Julian goes in a death trap that he has to escape by seducing Not-Dax. You know, there's a Baccarat game, and in the end, you know, Julian buys some time by actually activating the Doomsday device, because it's just a game, and then everyone's beamed out, and we're fine. And
1: also, fuck humanity.
0: Yeah, yeah, too. It's has um, got cathartic. Yeah, and I kind of glossed over a lot of it, because we're gonna talk about it in depth, because it's amazing. <laughs> So, Liz. Yes.
1: You wanted to be on this episode very specifically for years.
3: I fucking love, like, the Garrick Bashir energy, especially in this episode. Like, I love every time they're on screen together, but I feel like this episode is just such a wonderful display of not only of of their their chemistry between them like as just foils for each other that's it they're foils for each other like yeah. you know garrick is walking around like what the shit is all this is do you really think this is what spies are like and bashir's was like good. no i think this is fun like just fucking enjoy it and garrick's like this is stupid please continue
1: my valet jeez <laughs>
3: But at the same time, Garrick is clearly having fun making Bashir like miserable at times, yeah. <laughs> like like just like the scene in the nightclub when Bashir like you know is like you know introducing like this is you know uh, Anastasia what whatever the fuck innuendo name on oh, top or some shit uh, uh, no wait, Anastasia come on and off that's come right. On yeah. right that's right come on that's right Jesus Christ and then and <laughs> this is my friend Mr. Garrick like just like
0: I'm yeah. <laughs> oh, fine he doesn't get a cover name.
3: Like and he's here too, and Garrick's just like, "Yep, this is great." Please continue to squirm. And also, that, constantly cock blocking Bashir. The, uh, totally not jealous. Yeah, the valley totally is totally not
0: jealous. Mona loves it.
3: Jesus.
1: <laughs> yes, it's funny. I I saw that name written before I heard it out loud, and I thought it was going to be just love sit, like she uh, loves to sit, maybe on dicks. Who knows? <laughs> uh, and then you hear it out loud. Definitely but, oh, on dicks. Duh! It's loves it. <laughs> She loves it. I
0: did not I realize until I saw it in print that Honey Bear is B A R E. Uh huh. That makes sense. Yeah, I I just love this episode because as a wee lad who was fond of both Star Trek and the James Bond series, this was perfect. Yeah, um, and it still is. I the the music is bang on. Yeah,
2: the except James for the nightclub Bond, song, like the James Bond DS Nine yeah r- mashup yeah was, was the great. heavy brass real the, nice.
0: i've got to look out there i imagine somewhere on the internet someone has written a fake bond theme for this episode you know you know <laughs> who
4: wasn't pleased
1: with all the bond references in this episode
0: julian bashir
1: mgm
4: oh it's gusset say- <laughs> oh no yeah this-
1: they they saw this and were like um guys you, you you know we've got bond right you guys can't have bond so when we're going to see, spoilers, we're going to see a, like more, more of uh, Julian playing his game or some shit. So the, yeah. ne- the next time there's reference to Julian's little game, it's going to be much more generic spy stuff and much less Bond-specific. That's lame.
0: They, they do know that parody laws exist, right?
1: This isn't a parody.
0: Yeah,
2: this is, it's straight up just Bond. I mean, like, the thing is,
0: it, here's the thing. It's kind of Bond, but it's just as much our man Flint.
1: I don't know our man Flint.
0: Oh, that's really it. Was one of the big sort of Bond parodies from back in the day? Because like Bond, for all the elements that are Bond, there are plenty of elements that aren't. Like Flint, Flint's whole cover was that he was a jet-setting photographer. You know, Bond, his cover was different every film. He has his own apartment. He does. He's not set up in where was he? Not Singapore.
4: Kowloon Kowloon yeah
0: like there were definitely elements brought in not just from Bond but a lot of the contemporary fiction that was either parodying or jumping on their coattails so I feel like to try to claim there's any like legally accurate actionable stuff in this is frankly laughable and And disgusting they
1: didn't legally action anything they just kind of like said guys please don't do that and they didn't yeah but but i said it
3: a little less nicely
0: it's like it reminds me this pissed me off too because mgm has pulled this bullshit before because there was austin powers the spy who shagged me and it's like that's
1: obviously a parody
0: well but the title obviously all the spy who loved me yeah and mgm was like yeah it's fine but then the next one came out with Goldmember and they tried to sue. It's like you didn't sue over the last one, like make up your fucking mind.
2: Yeah. And MGM has been a shitty company for a long time though. I mean most production companies are, but yeah, that's like Yeah, but they like they in particular have done I don't know. I just don't think their business has been very good. They don't have a lot of great properties I anymore. I mean Bond
0: is probably one of their few.
2: Yeah. They have Bond and Stargate, and that's, that's what they have. Okay,
0: but
4: who has Sonic the Hedgehog? Because that's, that's going to go places. For Sega. Sure. They
0: did recently announce the best. movie's getting a sequel. Stop. Yeah. Who? Wow. Which, which studio? I don't remember. Oh.
2: But I'm who glad- has Trolls World Tour?
0: Ugh. Ugh.
1: I'm glad Jim
3: Carrey's getting work. Mm. I'm just happy for Ben Schwartz.
0: That's true. He is a fucking treasure. He is amazing True. in DuckTales.
3: Have you seen him in, what
4: the hell's the other guy's name? Middleditch? Uh, Schwartz On and Middleditch. Jumps?
0: Yeah. or Middle Ditch and Schwartz. No, I, at least I mostly know him from DuckTales.
3: It's fucking hilarious, you gotta watch it. Their Netflix specials are actually legitimately entertaining. Hmm.
0: But yeah, no, this episode though, anyway, James Bond stuff, it's great. I didn't actually read the references yet, Ames, that you said are in memory, alpha because I wanted to see what I could catch. The only one that was really blatant beside the music to me was him, like, seeing someone in the reflection of a wine bottle. Hmm. Oh, Although, yeah. in the original movie, it was even more ridiculous. It was the reflection of a sneaking up assassin in someone else's eye.
1: That's, that's right. Very, yeah, that's very close. <laughs> that's yeah, right,
0: that like, was dumb. Wine, they actually made it make more sense in this episode, because that's a little more believable.
4: Well, he did the Bashir, Julian Bashir thing. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah.
4: And
3: then there's baccarat, baccarat and, of course. Yeah, uh, I mean Duchamp is definitely the mm, but yeah, yep. oh,
0: and even Noah's yeah. plan to an extent is very reminiscent of Drax's plan in the film version of Moonraker, where he it's wants to Moonraker. he the, the I mean the base short version is he wants to restart humanity,
3: ah, but instead okay. of
0: setting up a base on top of Mount Everest and flooding the world, he sets up a space station and is going to poison the world. Right? Okay.
2: It's like it's it's a throwback to that that era of bonds where yeah. it was just ridiculous, yeah, stuff.
0: over the top
2: schemes um, and, and very
0: bosomy lady. Man,
2: I really yeah, I really wish they had made Worf an odd job. Oh, with like
0: character. a throw-out eh. hat kind of thing.
2: Yeah, or Jaws. Jaws would have mm. been
3: good. They could have done yeah. that with O'Brien because Falcon. Falcon, was, yeah, he had an eye patch. That was his thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah,
1: was a sick eye patch.
0: It was, it, was it was. great. cool great. that. had a
1: falcon on it. It was
0: perfect. And again, you know, they, they let Avery Brooks off the leash for this episode. <laughs> See,
2: that mm-hmm. was my note. My oh, note yeah. was,
1: all the other characters get to play new, all the other actors get to play new and exciting characters, but Avery Brooks is just playing himself.
2: Yes.
0: He has, that he that went, laugh, that little bark uh, of huh, huh. He went so big in this, he basically went full Shatner. It was beautiful. <laughs> It was yes. great, yep. Like Also,
3: just, what an awesome, like, that that narrow jacket was fucking... Oh, so good. I need it.
0: They They, like, I really, really need one of the superhero companies to just please cast that man as a villain. And whoever directs him needs to be told, like, just let him do whatever. <laughs> you know, like, let him be Marlon Brando on the set of any of his late films. Just cut him loose. We'll work around it. Because Marvel, frankly, has had, and people have discussed this before, they kind of have a lack of actually good villains, with a very small handful of exceptions. And I just, I feel like just letting Avery Brooks show up and be crazy would be a solution. It would be great.
2: In in a an a X men movie?
0: Any Marvel property, I don't care which
2: one. Uh, I don't want Avery Brooks in Marvel. Neither do I, but... It's so... Oh. DC's not doing much of a good job right now. Oh my god, could... Oh.
0: Oh my god. They could make a good Green Lantern movie, paint him pink, and make him Sinestro. Ooh, sorry, I anyway, I'd actually watched James Bond, not not Avery Brooks and other things. Oh, but yeah, no, they really nailed the whole like just '60s spy movie aesthetic and feel and thing. The death trap. Yeah. The and that's the other thing too is like Garrick doesn't get it because he's used to real espionage, whereas you know, like Bashir is working within the tropes seducing honey bear shouldn't work but he knows that's how this game works and that thing is like well it's their physical form it's not their mental form they're all being Mm -hmm. driven by the story you know like i am sure it would have been impossible for julian to lose the card game Mm -hmm. like Uh, that it is designed he will always get the right cards um if he wants to seduce the villain scientist she's going to fall for him if he wants to uncork a
1: champagne bottle. Is going yeah. to take Falcon out.
0: Yes. If he wants to money. monologue, he will be
3: allowed to monologue.
0: Yeah. Even like they even acknowledge, you know, when when Noah wins, he goes, "I somehow felt like I wouldn't win because he's not supposed yeah. to."
2: They they the, the whoever designed the program didn't create an ending where Noah wins.
0: Yeah. So so there's no like pre existing
4: dialogue. Like in Galaxy Quest, when they think the ship's about to explode, but it doesn't because it never actually happens in the show.
0: It all, well, no, it's
2: of course it always it it stops at one. To one second. Yeah,
0: That's, yeah, exactly.
1: The thing that the, like the thing that kept bothering me this episode is so so I get that Garrick and Bashir would have different ways of thinking in terms of should we sacrifice everybody else. For us to get out of here. Because Garrick doesn't want to die. Bashir doesn't want to die. It'd be nice if we could save the five people who are stuck in here with us. But, you know, if necessary, kill them. Yeah. By by shutting down the holodeck. Yep. But the thing is, like, I felt like it got really repetitive and it started way too early. Mm. Like, the second mm. we see Kira on the bed, kill her! It's like, oh, Garrick, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that... that... That also might be before they was that before they knew that you know they were real. Dying no, that real was life could, that
1: after. was well after like the second Eddington radios in and says, "Hey guys, so these five officers are stuck in the holodeck with you and they're actually them. So just make sure they don't get killed, okay?" Also I, lo- <laughs> <Yeah, no, laughs> I, no I didn't do it. Yep. I told you I didn't do it. Um but but literally like after that line comes out, Garrick says, "So we're going to kill them, right?"
0: Just kill everybody. Well, here's the thing. Garrick has two friends on the station, Odo and Julian, and neither of them will be killed by this. So,
3: hmm. I think the other, the, it, it might also, I can't, I can't remember, like, the order of events, but, you know, that was also the same scene where they realize the safeties are off, right? I think because, of course, the... the safeties are off.
0: Oh, what? yeah, there's a scene where he, he, he's like, Garrick, oh, Garrick, Garrick you're bleeding. bleeding. I think that's shortly after that. It's the same scene, but it's a little bit yeah. after uh, okay. he gets
2: into the fight. Okay, yeah, because yeah, because um,
0: um, Miles shows up with his henchmen.
2: Yeah,
3: Help. I
2: thought it was interesting that they didn't have Odo on the runabout because they could have had a great scene where Bashir's drinking a Manhattan oh, no. and and uh, you know and uh, Odo's like that's wait a minute, there's something not right with that Manhattan, and he does a spit take. And it's exactly. turned into, you know, it's, then it's that would have that would
3: have messed up the B, the B plot, though, like the the, mm, the, the outside the house we plot, because like it, it's already big enough conceiving of how much memory yeah. the regular humanoid bodies take up. Oh, yeah. And and minds
2: mm. and like Odo is a much Odo? more complex being. Oh,
1: yeah. so he wouldn't drink a Manhattan. He would drink a martini.
2: Truth.
4: shaken yeah. well, well, right, not stirred.
2: Maybe that's the joke then maybe it's wait, shouldn't that be a martini? Uh, and then he realizes it's Odo. <laughs> I like how Eddington pops up when they need an extra extra crew member.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, well, we want to get everybody in on this holodeck fun, but we're going to need someone on the outside in Not addition to Odo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone to
3: be sober and in charge.
0: Well, someone to be the Starfleet officer who comes up with the, like, bizarre fix this idea. Mm-hmm. Because this is, this is I, mean, I know we've shared it before, but this is sort of one of the examples from that meme that goes around occasionally about the weird bullshit humans pull in Star Trek. And they talk about how, like, the only time something bizarre happens on DS9, which is Cardassian tech, happens because a human has a crazy idea. You mean the writer
1: or do you mean Eddington? Both. <laughs> yeah, because I know that with the, with the writing, with the writing of this episode, from very early on, the writers are like, we're not going to do malfunctioning holodeck. It's been done to death on TNG. No malfunctioning hot holodeck in Deep Space 9. And then one of them comes up to to the writers and say, "What if it's not the holodeck that's malfunctioning and it's the transporter?" And they're like, "Good, do that. That's fine. Go ahead."
2: So this was yeah, our first It's not first... like we ever had a transporter accident before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no
4: shit. It's the, we'll the first time the
0: It's the first time transporter and holodeck fuckupery has joined forces, though.
4: But it is our first Holosuite fuck-up episode in Deep
3: Space Nine then, though, right? Yes. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah, yes, that's what I yes. thought. It's
3: our first significant Holosuite episode. Yeah. Like, there, there's there yeah. been, like, some... You've, we've had, like, scenes, you know, here and there in Holosuites. Yeah, or, yeah like, but the only that ones up. that
4: I can think of are, like... Lance-a-Lock. Dax trying to get Kira to have sex with a Holosuite masseuse person, that's yeah. the last one thing and that time that they photoshopped Cork's head onto Kira's body like <laughs> there, was, there was also <laughs> yeah
0: exactly that time that guy cloned himself and had the clone get stabbed in the hall of suite
4: oh so he could
0: frame, frame odo, odo for murder yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and there's yeah, okay, also
3: um didn't it wasn't some oh. of uh, Bashir and O'Brien's like you know racquetball training or whatever the fuck.
4: No, that was no, an episode. They had a
0: real court. That was yeah, a, 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 a rectangular court that the chief built. But we know that they oh, like right, to go okay.
4: kayaking. I mean, yep. Oh yeah, we Move along, home
2: was time. kind of a holodeck episode. It just <sighs> wasn't Quark's holodeck. That is true. Uh,
3: we can move on. From Which episode?
4: Um,
2: move along, home. Malamarine. Uh, barf. But yeah, I think I feel like there was a conscious thought on the part of the writers early on that, well, TNG leaned a lot on the holodeck. Like there was a lot of holodeck nonsense on TNG, probably more than necessary. Mm. And I feel like the, the writers on this were probably like, all right, we're not going to use the holodeck. Like number one, we're going to acknowledge that people fuck in the holodeck. Number two, we're not going to have too many holodeck adventures.
1: Yeah. Except the ones that involve fucking in the holodeck. Right. (laughs) Because you know what? Mona loves it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, a good Bond girl name, too. Yeah. <laughs> of course,
0: the other thing I meant to mention is that Our Man Bashir, for all the Bond references, is probably actually, if anything, a reference to a Graham Greene novel, Our Man in Havana. Well, which... didn't you
4: say there was literally something called Our Man Flint?
0: Oh, yes, but Our Man Flint was probably a reference more to... okay, um, I gotcha. ...also a reference to Our Man in Havana. Our Man in Havana. Which is yeah. actually um, an early espionage parody novel. Not parody, It's a. it's a satire, where... Basically, somehow, this random schlub in Havana is tapped by MI6 to provide intelligence, and he doesn't really have anything, so he just starts making shit up, and it kind of all escalates from there. Whoops. Oh, yeah. Forgot about this. I read this earlier. This premiered ten days after the release of GoldenEye, Hmm. which Uh was Brosnan's first bond, and also the first bond in six years
1: golden yeah. Which at
0: that point was the longest gap there had been in the franchise history.
1: Jesus Christ. So how yeah, many, they... there are there sounds like there's way too many Bonds.
0: There's like 24, Jeez, right? The or 25. No, it, sounds, that. The it sounds like
1: there's as many Bonds as there cent. are Star Trek series right now.
3: Are we on like 28? Tw- oh, eight? do you mean actors? No, I think the
1: next one's 25. No, I mean movies. Hmm.
4: Oh. Okay. There's way more Bond movies than Star Trek movies.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, they're- because for a while, especially at first, they were pumping them out on a yearly basis. Then it was every oh. other year for a while, and I think every three years eventually. Like, it's funny, because the 20th Bond film also coincided with their 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, was that Casino Royale? Or was it whatever was- No, that, that
0: was Die Another Day, which is mostly terrible. That's
3: a shame. That's the one with the disappearing car? Yes. Yeah. The, but the then, good henchmen and everything else was trash.
0: Yeah, but then production was such that by the time you got to the fiftieth anniversary, they were only on uh, Spectre, which was like the twenty third
4: film. Is that the last one?
0: Yes. Not Spectre. I meant um, Skyfall. Skyfall. Mm. So yeah, they 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 were pumping out incredibly fast from sixty two to eighty nine, and then yeah, there was the big gap before golden eye and then production kind of slowed down more dramatically at that point.
2: Well, I feel like the movies also got more expensive and bigger. Yeah. yeah.
3: And and I mean filming practices changed over the
0: years. Yeah. Like
3: in the 60s it was completely normal for, you know, for a lead actor like Connery to have been in like several movies in one year.
0: Yeah, I mean the studio system had really only just died and a lot of like expectations on actors hadn't changed much yet. And they were also just yeah like there were a lot more practical effects that were done on site, whereas now there's a lot more post production and this and that. Yeah, but uh, um, plus, it's
4: like real technology has surpassed Bond technology. Like yeah. a pen that's also a camera isn't impressive anymore. Like hmm. I have a phone that is also a yeah, camera I have a phone that's that a is super also a super computer. Yeah, yeah.
2: But what about a watch that's a laser beam?
0: Don't have that yet. I give it time.
4: Probably or a it's uh the remote uh yeah. what is it in Goldeneye that in the game they have it as like oh, a r- remote detonator? Well I'm much oh. more familiar with the game. Yeah, than. remote detonator
2: yeah, I was gonna is gonna say, no, built in. No one's actually seen Goldeneye. They've only ever played Goldeneye. Oh, nice.
4: i I have seen Goldeneye. I just don't yeah, know it as well as I
2: don't remember it for, I remember it had uh Sean Bean It did. guys. Hmm. I was about to say coming.
4: Liam Neeson and yep, Alan right.
2: Cumming.
3: Oh, actually and um Tomka Jansen. Yeah. Good old
2: you know what I found? Fa- oh, she's a Star Trek actress. I guess we'll yep. have to turn forward it. <laughs> I'm down. Um, By down, but, I mean to uh, support this. No, we should do Moonraker, because it's the space one. Perfect.
4: Hmm. And it's got Jaws, and he's the best. Sure. Is he a shark?
2: Um. Yes. I sure. found the... I had a, prom- a promotional. It was like a send-away thing to get a uh, a watch... In Nintendo Power. Oh no. That looks like the watch from the video game. Oh man.
4: yeah, it had like the blue and like the yeah, red, I your health have and your shields on the side.
2: Yeah, That's man. That's amazing. And it had a holographic 007 on the face. Fuck yeah. Very cool.
0: I bet if you have a round smartwatch, you can download a face that looks like that now. Oh, I'm sure. probably. Oh God, I was going to say something about the episode, but it fizzled.
3: I'm trying to figure out where to, where to go next. Like, But,
0: but yeah, I did, they did very purposely make it to align with James Bond coming back after a hiatus. Interestingly, one thing this beat Bond to Bashir rocks himself a shawl lapel, which will not actually happen in the series until we get to Daniel Craig. Oh what?
2: I thought you were going to say, um, "It's uh, the first time B- uh, Bond is depicted uh, as bisexual, having a male lover." <laughs>
0: Now, as long as the Broccolis are in charge of Bond, he will remain thoroughly heterosexual, unfortunately. Uh, I thought the costuming
4: was mostly really great.
0: Yeah. Like, I thought... Well, yeah, as far So the, the shawl lapel, that's, um... If you look at his tux, his, the lapel out of his jacket doesn't have any, like, points or notches oh, or anything. Oh, it's like one big... It's just one smooth, rounded, same. sort of... And all the other Bonds, as far as I remember, generally had some sort of notched lapel.
4: My one exception to the costumes being great though, Liz and mm-hmm. I were like really annoyed by this was yep. um Garrick's outfit. All oh, wrong. I
0: loved his tweed jacket. No, no, it good. was He's not a good match thing. for him.
4: It oh, was a great costume, costume but he looked terrible in it. He looked great in it. You're wrong. It was He's all a wrong. For for I I I like a turtleneck. I thought
2: yeah. the turtleneck was cool. It like, covered up his his neck. Oh yeah, yeah they, they
4: had to do
1: a lot of special tailoring for tailoring for that neck
2: yeah but like the the mm,
3: no the burgundy turtleneck on his gray complexion mm-mm. I thought he looked great you no both I didn't, like it. I
4: didn't thought it like it it. and um, Julian's gray suit you know who I thought looked really phenomenal though actually I loved Wharf in that white tux thought he yeah. looked fucking banging be- yeah and there was some was great ex- uh decolletage on the ladies <laughs>
3: Not that I know, oh, Pige, especially a Mona. Jesus, that was.
4: Yeah, I, Liz was like, "How is she not
3: falling out of that
4: thing?" Because, because,
3: <laughs> like, as, as someone who uh, who has a lot to deal with in that area, like, I'm, I'm just, I was just in there and you know, was like, either she's, you know, she's a, she's a like a like a B or C cup who's getting a boost, or like, there's a lot of tape involved in that, and just, my, and my sternum was just irritated
0: watching it. I hated her. Probably hated both. both. It was so much tape. It was not period accurate.
1: Oh no. That's why I mean, Chris hates the outfit.
2: <laughs> I don't have we ever seen Cardassian blood before? We must have I don't have think
0: so, name. actually. I, can't I wasn't
2: expecting it to be red.
0: Yeah, I thought I'd read it was brown. I thought it'd be
2: like blue or something.
3: Yeah, I
1: feel I, like we've seen it in something.
3: We must have by
2: now.
4: Oh and it was uh, brown. What about the one where uh wasn't there an episode where like O'Brien befriended? Cardassian?
0: Yeah, oh, but no okay. one blamed yeah. that one from what I recall.
4: Oh, because the Cardassian was dying, wasn't he? I guess I assumed he must have... No?
3: Oh, I'm remembering this wrong. I don't know. Cardassians have definitely been in, been injured on, on screen by now. Like, I mean, must indiscretion, he, he got his butt poked. Well, we know... That's true. Crazy.
4: Oh, wait. Were you just talking about indiscretion? Yes.
3: Oh, that's literally what I was just about to say. Sorry. Yeah. Did I say here? No, Gold Dukat. Dukat got, you know, got like... Poked mm-hmm. in the ass, but I don't yeah. remember if there was blood in that one. We line. never saw. No, blood there was not though. No, he just but yeah. his butt.
4: Well, blood is like really like problematic for television shows, right? Like it can really like up the maturity warning up or the whatever. Rating, yeah,
0: hmm. I think well, this is mean, before that whole TV fourteen. Oh, bullshit, the, yeah, though. that
2: garbage. I think that was a little later.
3: Hmm. I
4: think. Either way, there yeah, must be like, like
2: tipper gore bullshit. Some kind
4: something. of rules <laughs> yeah. about it decency laws or something. Yeah, stupid. but
0: this is, this is a show that, I mean, I, I think always was like, you know. I mean, if they couldn't show it at all, that'd be one thing. So. Yeah. if I, anything mean, I feel like be...
2: Trek in general is pretty light on the blood. Yeah. yeah. Like, Klingons bleed all the time. Their blood changes color regularly. Yep. Mm, true. But I
4: feel like we see them bleed more so in the movies, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, we can yeah. get away yeah. with more.
2: Right. For sure. But they, in this episode, they de- I mean, they show, I mean, Garrick gets shot in the neck. Yeah. Oh, that part, that moment was great. That
4: you could have
3: yeah. killed me. What makes you think I wasn't trying to? And my note for that, for that little exchange, was they're gonna fuck so hard later. Oh my god, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Like, Garrick hasn't been this turned on in ages. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I do like that. That Garrick was monologuing in that moment, like just before, yeah. just before Bashir takes the shot. Like it was the most. It was the most Bond scene in the whole episode. <laughs> I, yeah. And I really loved it. I feel like they they fucking nailed
0: it. It is really interesting though to see them sort of. To see the comparison, I can't think of the word I want, but to see them sort of hold up the idea of the kind of the the film spy versus the real spy. Yeah. And even while elements, obviously, of Garrick are still hyper-fictionalized and is based around the idea of, like, the Obsidian Order is definitely more smirsh than intelligence gathering, but still. um,
3: Yeah, like, it was definitely evoking, it was was a great sort of, I guess, deconstruction, but it's, it's, um... You know, it's basically, it's it's vocalizing, you know, valid critiques of, of like, Bond-type fiction, you know, where yeah. real-life spying is not glamorous, it's not all of this flash, you know, like, Baccarat and nightclubs and all of that stuff. It's messy, it's unfortunate decisions, it's tough decisions, it's, you yeah. know, making the call of who has to
0: die. Oh, and um, that's, the, that's the thing, too, with Bond, is, like, they kind of dance around this in the movies. Like, they say it, but they don't acknowledge it. He's not a... He's not an intelligence agent. He's an assassin. Mm. You know, he's the guy you send in after the intelligence agents have done their work to mow down a lot of people. True. You know, and one thing, this is sort of what, it's something that is is made explicit in, I forget which one, but one of the many John le Carré novels is like, the fictional spy is often interested in some sort of idea of justice. There is a quote-unquote bad guy that has to be defeated. Whereas real intelligence agents don't give a fuck about that. It's just, we're going to gather intelligence to thwart the other country. And for a lot of successful agents, who you are loyal to is a coincidence of birth. You know, real actual sort of fanatics rarely succeed in intelligence. Because you have to be able to be much more compromising and bendable to successfully be a spy. And I think we see that very much with Garrick, you know, his whole, like, I live because I'm looking out for me at the end of the day. I, I, you know, like, yeah, he's loyal to Cardassia, certainly, we know that much, but number one is Garrick, Number two is the state. And this, you know, is sort of that bond issue writ large where it's like, no, there's something I have to do that are very specific. Goal. I need to protect these people. Which, spies don't care about protection, they care about intelligence gathering. Right.
2: Cool. Um... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jake, wow. <laughs> that was just extremely long. Sorry, I read a lot of No, but of it was good.
0: I
3: thought it was, um, was is, right. It's is definitely, like, in the right direction when talking about Garrick.
0: Yeah, because they, they, their methodology It's even less glamorous. Yeah, their methodologies and philosophies are very similar.
3: There's a lot of, like, m- gray morality in yeah. in Lacare,
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, for a lot of these people, it's...
3: Doomed people.
0: Yeah, and for most of his main characters, because we rarely even see people in the field, it's people doing a shitty desk job in a gray-ass part of London. Yeah. It, it is the anti-bond. It is the least glamorous job in the world.
3: So, it... if anything, Garrick is more glamorous than them because he's a tailor. Yes.
0: Uh, do we actually want to talk about the outside of the holodeck stuff at all?
3: Yes. Great. I have what like okay. Uh, there were a couple of moments where I was just like, "What the fuck?" But one was definitely when Eddington was like, "Computer, wipe all memory, like wipe yeah. all computer memory yeah. necessary." To I'm like, <laughs> n-
4: "Specify first! Holy shit! You're just you're gonna like wipe the OS. All right, you're gonna at kill least pop. Get rid I of all that pup. shit you di- downloaded from Napster years ago. Get rid of that first. Start there. I didn't yeah. like
3: pop. With, or like, one line, they could have easily referenced, you know, it, like, it could have, like, just done a very quick moment of world-building that there's, like, uh that there are priori- there's priority levels of data set in place already. Here's the you know, thing. They must memory. have a backup, right? Do you think Starfleet thinks that far in advance? Yeah, I Star mean, Trek seems to not... Also has a weird idea
0: so of how messier.
2: data works. So, Thank yeah, you. so the
4: Cardassians yeah. have the backup, unbeknownst to everybody
0: that's on yeah. this station. And here's the thing. Eddington is security, not... Whoever deals with the computer He doesn't yeah. care mm-hmm. Some blue shirt should have been in the background going ah! Someone should have programmed the computer To say specify which memory banks Oh well, yeah but it's some weird hybrid I mean Cardassian he did
2: do like leaflet. an authorization Eddington go fuck myself Initially right,
4: I was very skeptical Of the idea that they wouldn't have space for this Because I was thinking about how tiny a terabyte Can be nowadays and how this is like 400 years in the future or three hundred some odd years in the future, and Liz reminded me that you know it's it's several lives, and then I was like, oh, and plus one of them is Dax, who has like seven lives, plus her actual host and the whole thing. Yeah, god, knows really
3: Like a no 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 single time. strand of I meant to look this up. A single strand of human DNA, like it's it's been compared to like how many, like how how many terabytes or or whatever I can't remember what's what's bigger than terabyte that we that we actually a petabyte. Is that petabyte, petabyte is another one. Like yeah, there's, there's petabyte,
2: yottabytes. Yeah,
3: that's it. They'll, all those. But like the you know, there are comparisons that 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 people do reference sometimes of how much memory a single strand of human DNA would occupy and it's just incalculable almost.
0: Yeah. And then And that's just for the, one strand. Yeah, and then you have to get into the fucking neurological data, which I'm sure is even crazier.
3: Yeah, and and this is all talking about a theoretical technology that is Downloading and it's downloading an entire person, yeah, in order to you know destroy them at 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 the origin point mm. and re rebuild them from scratch at the destination. So I actually do. Oh, sorry. I
2: was just yeah. say I just looked it up. According to Google, anyway, the human genome is seven hundred and twenty-five megabytes.
3: Oh really that's it. So Which is it would, smaller than Terra. It would just right? it would
2: fit on a CD-ROM.
3: So I guess I'm thinking I'm thinking with uh from like old articles. Well, I mean, well again it's... this
0: is the genome but where all again the the big oh, issue It's a genome
3: though but not like all the yeah. data that would be you know in one oil. And also
0: the big issue they yeah. even said was more the the neurological pattern data than the physical mm. data.
3: Okay. Yeah the but... we've seen to handle the physical data pretty well.
0: But here's my argument though. Doesn't data
4: just in his whatever the fuck kind of brain he has. Positronic. Doesn't he have, like, the memories of 200-some-odd people? Depending yeah. on the episode. I'm just saying, <laughs> he's a lot smaller than all of yeah. the memory on that they, ship, I would they guess. They listed
0: his specifications once, and they were laughably small by modern standards.
4: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, uh, think about Johnny Mnemonic. Oh 256 God. gigs. Oh, no, not two.
0: Whatever,
2: either way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I also Five think, though, CDs. Five that- CDs. Or that the bigger fucking... problem was that they needed specific type of storage. Yeah. yeah. For the cuz they needed like quantum storage. Yeah. Which is interesting.
0: But yeah, meanwhile over there I've got a thing the size of a pinky nail that holds 256 gig.
3: Yeah, I'm actually having tri- like 128. I'm, the size of of technology right now I have uh, an SD card somewhere around here that's 128 gigs and I don't know where the fuck I put it. <laughs> I it put does, it somewhere it safe, but it's safe from me, and it doesn't stick out anymore because it's teeny tiny. It's in your Roomba. I'm really frustrated. Oh, no. I can't find it. I need it.
0: But yeah, it's like you said, Jake. This show has a very bizarre understanding of computers and data storage and all that.
3: Yeah, it's definitely the blind spot of Star Trek. Like, there's so much, you know... Uh, well, not, I mean, not a blind spot. That's too harsh. But, But in terms of the science aspect of the science fiction of Star Trek astronomy physics like when they need to do that you know they they call up the people they need to fill in the tech dialogue or whatever but when it comes to the logic of like information technology data science it's at least flawed enough that i you know while i work with data scientists in my day job i um i'm also not i i'm a liberal arts major but i still look at and i'm like that that's not right that doesn't make sense
0: like with tos I get it, because if you look at most science fiction from the 60s, no one realized where computers were going. No,
3: because it's constantly changing.
0: But, like, certain things, like, they guessed in the 50s and 60s, like, hey, you nailed it. Almost nobody got computers right, like, in the least. Yeah. By now, it's a little better. I think what they were probably just doing is, like, you know, so much of this, even in TNG and DS9, predates, like, the layman knowing as much as they do about computers. Mm. So they could kind of get away with it. <laughs> Nowadays, it's harder because, like you said, your average liberal arts major clearly knows more about
2: computers than most of the writers. You don't have to say such an edge in your voice. Jeez. But I'm, I, think, I think I'm one a little above average, Chris.
0: <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> about you, myself. Thank you,
2: Jake, I am above average. I'm talking about myself. Okay, yeah, you're right. And
0: I know more (laughs) about computers, it sounds like, than the average TNG or DS9 writer.
2: I would say that that Liz is above average, and you and Liz probably average out to average. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's Mm. not very nice. (laughs) Uh, Joke. (laughs) I know
0: way more about fictional espionage than any of you, though, so...
2: That's true. Anyway, um, yeah, so I was going to say...
1: Half an hour of
2: talking. <laughs> I know, I'm watching Ames I and enjoyed she's like it. drinking her tea. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah. they're still talking about this garbage. Yeah,
1: I was kind of dreading this episode. I Look, did aw. learn.
0: You're lucky I, me or Liz let any of you say anything. Go on, Ames. It's true.
1: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I did learn that this is the first episode that was filmed after Nana and Sid got together.
4: Oh, uh, I was, asked was, that was while about we were that. watching it. Thank you, Ames.
1: Yeah, so they, they had recently started dating, so it kind of holds a, a special place in the visitors heart because apparently she learned, because, you know, she'd been friends with him for the past several seasons, and learned that, oh, he's been, like, holding uh, holding a candle for me this whole time. Oh. Kind of like what Odo is doing for Kira. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that actually was... So one one little moment that I... That stood out to me last, you know, like this during this watch that I never noticed before was the first time, you know, when Eddington calls into the Hollow and then, you know, Anastasia speaks. Odo immediately just like his his head jumps up, and he's just like, "That sounds like Kira," like yeah, even with a accent. In. But he just, like, that little, like, glimmer of, like, oh, no, there she is. I'm so concerned. So, like, just, it was adorable. It was an adorable character moment. Like, Odo is yeah. lighter in this episode than than the other characters who we see in the episode. But he still gets this, like, really, like, key Odo moment there.
0: I oh, also really love sweet. whenever Odo has to react to crazy, stupid shit the humans do. <laughs> and this, like, is the epitome of that. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry, you did what?
1: What's better, though, Odo reacting to crazy, crazy stupid shit humans do or crazy, shoot hu- stupid shit Ferengi do?
0: <laughs> like no, they open behind up, the spatula.
1: Yeah, they open what? up the, the panel and they're like, oh, no, what is in here? <laughs> there's like lunch. There's several rats that aren't even me. <laughs> oh, that's
3: where I <laughs> put I like that too. that, uh,
2: you know, it, it does two things, right? It establishes, again, as we've been seeing throughout the last few episodes, Rom's technical abilities that he actually is a very competent engineer but it and it also highlights just how fucking cheap yeah quark is that he won't even you know oh the 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 holodecks bring in almost no money so i'm not gonna pay to repair them
0: i would love to know what his opinion of not enough profit is yeah Yeah. right but yeah even then like at first the spatula is kind of like oh wrong and then he gives a perfectly salient reason it's in there like, it's a really good conductor because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, uh, you know, Eddington's like, oh, the chief is going to be pissed. And, like, the first thing O'Brien says when he materializes, what'd
4: you do to my ship?
2: <laughs> that was pretty great. Neato. Anything else about uh, our man? This was,
1: this was the longest shoot of any Deep Space Nine episode because of all <laughs> the... Sets and stunts and bullshit they had to mm. do. So oh. n- normally an episode takes seven days to film. This one took nine.
3: Oh wow! Oh, oh okay. Deep space. I nine
2: was days, expecting
4: so.
3: you to say like fifteen or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Three bad. months they were filming this
4: episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was that extra hmm. two days of widening the neck on Garrick's tuxedo. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. I thought I thought Garrett looked great in the tux. It was the
0: it professor outfit he got like after the, the fact. Gilles was a little nicer. Was mm. it? And I thought I, I thought Garrick's that. looked better. Well, like well, Julian's looked more expensive. Like again, it had the fancier lapel and it had the little black buttons, whereas like Garrick just has like little normal plastic shirt buttons, and the lapel's a little more generic. And of the two know, of somehow
1: them, somehow Garrick looked better. Then
0: that's fair.
3: Well, he knows how to wear a suit. True. I mean, considering that he spent half the episode just expressing utter disdain for the decor, the oh, fashion, yeah. oh, everything. Another decorator's and nightmare. Anytime Julian had to, you know, be so blatantly heterosexual, he just just rolled his <laughs> eyes, made a snide comment.
4: Uh, so good. Totally not
3: jealous though. No. Oh yeah, I'd give you both some privacy if I could, says Garrick, staring.
0: <clears throat> I wish we'd seen more of the baccarat game. Why? I like baccarat. No, well, you're the no, I'm one glad though. we didn't. You're well, I, mean, I, don't, I should rephrase <laughs> Nobody that. understands Baccarat. I don't Baccarat. like Baccarat, but I like in the movies when they have a game and they have their back and forth. I wanted mm. more back and forth between him and Warp. You wanted the dialogue play. that goes over yeah, the Yeah, Baccarat itself is just blackjack with slightly different All roles. right, what would you yeah. have
1: cut, Chris, to get more Baccarat? I don't
0: know, <laughs> some outside the holodeck nonsense. I thought that was already kept pretty lean. It was, yeah, okay. but if, if something has to go, it's that.
4: Chris uh, wants to banish that nice moment that Odo had so we can get some more fucking no, Baccarat. No, no this a monster.
0: To, that has to be in there because that's how they realize what's going on. I know, I'm just kidding. Also, it's a nice Odo moment. I don't know, they could have trimmed a few minutes out of the escape scene or something. Sped that up a little. It just would have been nice to have a little, you know, pithy back and forth over cards with Worf. Because that would have been funny. And,
3: and Garrick, because he has to keep just shoehorning his way into... Bashir's fun.
0: Yeah, maybe they even could have pointed out that it's like, Doctor, is it actually possible for you to lose this? Shut up. I
4: feel like Garrick was like almost a little bit shamy. Oh, during just it. like just the I feel way like, he's like he was really mocking. mocking his fantasies.
3: Absolutely, he was. He was totally just just a buzzkill for for Julian's little LARP.
4: I mean, you know, just in a way that felt uncomfortable. I guess.
0: Well, I don't mm, think yeah. Cardassians have fantasy
3: i think they've got enigma
0: tales or whatever the fuck
3: it's yeah it's an extension of their of their ongoing literary discussion and debate yeah when when we've already heard what cardassian fiction is like and it's not at all compatible with something like bond
0: and i think despite his claims part of him might be slightly annoyed at seeing like his career made into a game yeah Especially one that's so fucking inaccurate.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You see every career made into a game right now. There's like you know a t- stock a gro- stock a grocery store the video game, and people play it like crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm sure sort of yeah, the stock no, but, boys uh, are like what? Euro s- truck simulator. S- Some like careers have-
3: definitely have a higher rate of PTSD. Yeah. Than others. <laughs> I job mean, grocery stores are high. You know, it's high risk. Rate.
0: Job simulator is very fun. That's right now. But mostly because the idea is it's, like, robots in the future trying through, like, a game of telephone to understand how jobs worked in the 20th century. Oh, yeah. So it's it's comedic.
1: All right. This is going long. Okay. Okie dokie.
3: All right. Well,
4: thank you for joining us for A Star to Steer Her By. Next week, we're going to talk about two more Deep Space Nine episodes. Talk about uh, Homefront and Paradise Lost. Uh, if you like what you heard and you'd like to hear more, you can find A Star to Steer Her By where all fine podcasts are sold. We are on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Tumblr and Twitter at podcast, or you can visit our website at sshbpodcast.com. I have been Caitlin. I have
0: been Jake. This has been Chris.
4: This has been Ames.
0: And this is still Liz. Rule of acquisition number seven, always get it shaken, not stirred.
1: Uh, i can't stop recording because we have we have to do a star to
3: steer her by will return
2: (laughs) all right